this morning as we come before our Lord in this time for prayer, um, just to affirm that, Lord, you're here, that you see us, that you hear us, um, and that this conversation with you is, is meant to be exactly that. It's a conversation. And so um, whatever thoughts of our hearts, um, the conclusion will pray affections, inspirations, resolutions, um, whatever those that you inspire in our heart in this time of prayer um, are good. They're, they're, they're gifts from you, Lord. They're, they're the fruits of, of a time of prayer well spent. And uh, today, in a particular way, we're going to consider uh, the gospel for the upcoming Sundays we so often try to do in these Saturday meditations. Uh, but to look at it a little deeper, Lord, not, not in such a rush, not that we're focusing on a million different things at Sunday Mass, or, um, you know, not that we've got a relatively, relatively short homily that's trying to cover a lot of different topics, but these Saturdays give us an opportunity to just, um, to be with you and to, to reflect on the gospel, um, and to, to allow scripture to, uh, nourish our conversation, uh, to allow our, ourselves to be led deeper into love with you, um, through encountering you in, in the scriptures. And so, um, in our gospel this weekend, uh, our Lord talks about the reality of fraternal correction, uh, that there's the necessary element, um, an obligation even, for there to be um, correction among the members of the church. Uh, Jesus said to his disciples, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Um, right there, you could just... And we could stop there and spend an hour just on that, on that one line. Um, but it is the, the first kind of point to consider is that if your brother sins against you, right? Um, if another member of the church sins against you, and do we really see each other in the church in this actual um, fraternal way, in this actual relationship, being brothers and sisters in Christ, we uh, all have the same uh, Father God, that we've been adopted as real sons and daughters of the Father. Um, and so if, if we spend a, a good deal of time, as we should, considering our divine filiation, that we are real sons and daughters of the Father, um, that God the Father loves us, that we could call him Father every time we say the Our Father, right? That we, um, we're talking to our Father, but if, if God is my Father, then, my, um, then the other children of God are my brothers and sisters. Uh, whether I like it or not, they are, because they have the same Father. Um, today, today's actually the, uh, my little sister's birthday. Um, and so I love my sister, but like whether I love her or not, we have the same parents. She's my sister. And, um, and there's something to that, that like we don't get to pick who our um, siblings are. We may try to choose our friends, uh, and we do a decent job of that sometimes, uh, that we choose our friends, but we don't get to pick our brothers and sisters. We don't get to pick our family. I remember... On the day of my priestly ordination, and particularly on these first Saturdays, we pray for 
the sanctification of the priests of the archdiocese. Um, on the day of my priestly ordination, I remember being very um, inspired and moved. Um, so when you're kneeling there, all, all the priests at a priestly ordination, all the priests uh, impose hands. They all, the bishop, you know, lays hands on your head. And then as a sign of the unity of the priesthood, all the other priests that are there at the ordination also lay hands upon the head of the um, soon-to-be-ordained priest or in the process of being ordained priest. And um, one of the, when, you're, when you're there, you know, it'd be really nice to know. I was thinking, like, oh, it'd be nice to know who's who, but you can't. You just see a lot of white robes and black shoes, and that, that's all you see. You have no idea who's who. Um, and it doesn't, because in the end of the day, it doesn't matter, right? Some of these priests are my friends. Some are not. And, but now they're all my brothers, and, and at that moment, there's a, there's a real fraternity um, among that, that uh, whether, whether you're friends or not, you are brothers. Uh, you're brothers in the priesthood. And so similar with us in the larger Christian community, whether we're friends with each other or not doesn't matter, but that we are brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, that we do have the same Father God and that we don't choose the other people that come to church the way that we choose our friends, uh, that they um, have the same father as I do. Uh, and therefore, I have a certain responsibility toward them. I should have a certain love for them, uh, that they are, um, this is my brother, this is my sister. I have, to, I have to care for them. I have to be concerned about them. I have to love them. Absolutely have to love them. Um, whether I like them or not, I have to love them. And that we need to cultivate this um, attitude among ourselves as, as the church um, to really see each other in this, in this fraternal way, um, to really see that relationship that we have with each other, which is deep, right? Um, Again, I just keep thinking of my sister because I love my sister. Um, but she's my sister. Like, that's it, right? There's no, um, nothing to argue about there. She's my sister. Um, and I love her. And that this is a, um, that's something that needs to be cultivated. And something that um, even when, you know, she and I may not see each other for weeks or months at a time. Or when I was in Rome, um, we didn't see each other for, for a year or two. Like, you know, I fell away from some of my friends. Some friends have kept up, but some you fall away from. But you can't fall away from family. Um, you can't, that, that bond is not based in regularity of contact or anything. So we have to see each other in the church as um, brothers and sisters, that we really have to see and cultivate that. And if we're going to go through the process of fraternal correction, if we're going to try to help bring along our brothers and sisters, it has to start with... The fraternal. It has to start with seeing that, that relationship. And that when we do see that, then there is an element of co-responsibility. That um, because you are part of my family, I in some way am responsible for you. Um, that I need to care for you. This was um, Cain, after killing his brother Abel at the very beginning of the book of Genesis... And God goes looking and says, where is your brother? He said, uh, am I my brother's keeper? 
right? Am I, am I in that line comes down to us, you know, even through today. Am I, am I my brother's keeper? Um, is, who put me in charge of that guy, right? No, you are. You are your brother's keeper. Um, they, we have a responsibility um, for our brothers and sisters, uh, particularly in this great bond of the family of the children of God. And that our Lord, um, so if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. This is very practical advice. Uh, I was reading, a, the, the word if like appears 15 times in this little passage. Right? This is very practical stuff. Our Lord is being very, very practical with us. He, um, this is not, um, let's have a treatise on fraternal correction, and let's just hypothetically, let's talk about the merits of, of the virtue of communal just. No, no, no. Look, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. And as scary as it can be um, to have to do that, we, we should allow the scripture to talk to us. And, and when we have to bring this up, then, you know, we should... God, if it's good to have some encouragement. And so maybe to go back and read this passage, verse 15 of the 18th chapter of Matthew's gospel, but to go and like listen to Jesus say like, hey, your brother sins, go, go tell him. I remember just in any of my disputes, arguments with people, having a good friend that can just say, you go, go talk to him. Like, what are, you, what are you guys doing being angry at go, go talk to him, right? Sometimes we need that good friend to encourage us, to say, go, go talk about it, go talk it out. Bring it to them. You need to do that, right? And so our Lord here is, is doing that for us. If your brother sins against you, go. Just go talk to him. Come on. Um, you're part of the body of Christ. We don't have time for nonsense. Go. Go talk to him. And go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Um, that's a, let's just start this off, um, just you and I. You know, go, go talk to him. Now, it's very hard um, to bring that to someone. Now, and also notice the burden, the, the um, imperative is for the person who's been offended, right? It's not, the, um, it's not like, okay, well, you've offended me, so when you decide you want to apologize, I'm willing to let you do that, right? Rather, the burden here, because of our fraternal attitude, is upon the one who's been offended, that you've offended me in some way. And so now our Lord is saying, you've been offended by your brother? Your brother has sinned against you? Go tell. You have to be the one to go tell him. Um, you have to be the one to bring that up. Not to just wait and hope that maybe they'll through divine intervention, um, uh, realize what they've done and they'll come to me crying and apologizing. Like, for the most part, our fallen human nature, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Rather, it's got to be my role. If I've been offended, I go. Um, and it's not easy. Um, it's usually, as much as we don't like people telling us that we've done something wrong, we even more don't like having to tell somebody that they've done something wrong. Maybe, maybe we do like it. If we do like it a little too much, then, then we need to curb that attitude. Um, but that for the most part, like, nah, I don't, um, I don't particularly like this. 
Why don't you make up, this is from St. Jose Maria um, in his um, third of the little books, uh, The Forge. Why don't you make up your mind to make that fraternal correction? Receiving one hurts because it's hard to humble oneself, at least to begin with. But making a fraternal correction is always hard. Everyone knows this. Making fraternal corrections is the best way to help after prayer and good example. It's always hard. It's never easy to bring something um, to a brother or sister who's, who's offended us, who's, who's sinned against us, um, who's hurt us. It's always hard. Um, it's everyone knows, it's, it basically, everyone knows this, right? It's, it's common sense. It's always going to be hard. And so why do we do it? Why do, why do we go through the trouble? And this is what's the mark of true Christians. Why? Why do we go through the trouble of doing this? It's easier to just, if you've offended me, um, I could either stew in resentment, right? I could just resent you, and that, that hatred, the resentment, the hurt, is a very easy thing to nourish. It's a very, I mean, it's not, um, it's the path of, of almost the gravity, if you will, leading us downward into sin, is for me to just stew in my, resentment. Rather than trying to do something about it, I'm just going to, to allow myself to um, be bitter um, toward you, probably for the rest of my life. And that's easier than having to actually deal with it. You know, um, it's kind of like I remember as a, as a kid getting, um, you get a sliver, right? And it may hurt a little, but like, I'd rather leave it in there because having my mother, the nurse, um, try to dig through my foot or my hand with a needle. Right? We never use tweezers. We use needles, right? And trying to dig with a needle, trying to get it out. It's like, Mom, I'd rather just leave it in there. Let's just, come on. No. What happens if you leave it in there? It gets infected. And then you got a whole big issue, right? From a little tiny piece of whatever that gets in your skin. You leave it in there. But it's hard to dig it out. It's easy to just, mm, no, don't go near my hand or my foot with that needle, that's not happening. Um, but um, we got to do it. It's going to hurt right now, and it's harder right now. Um, but look, it's a little thing. It's a sliver. Just take it out. You don't want to get an infection because of that. You could lose your hand over something like that. You could lose your foot if it gets really bad. So get it out now uh, in this little way. It's hard to do this. Um, it's very difficult, and it, it takes effort. But... We need to do it based on um, supernatural vision, right? It is, um, we do it not because it's easy, and not even because it's maybe just practical on a, on a social level. It's usually not. People don't like being corrected, and therefore it's almost impractical socially because if the correction doesn't go well, as we'll see as the, uh, as the passage progresses, it gets... Um, just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. But, um, but we do it with a supernatural motive. I don't do this because I like it, uh, but rather with great supernatural um, affection. Don't neglect the practice of, spirit, of fraternal correction, St. Jose Maria says, which is a clear sign of the supernatural virtue of charity. It's hard because it's easier to be inhibited. Easier but not supernatural. 
easier, but not supernatural. Yeah, it's, it's hard to talk to someone who, um, who, who has offended us, who's hurt us, who's wounded us. Um, but it's, it's not supernatural to neglect it. That we have, what's, what's my goal? I want my brother, I want my sister to get to heaven. And so if in this world it's a little bit more work or going to be difficult, okay. But I have a supernatural vision. This person is supposed to be a saint, my brother or my sister. They're called to be a saint. And so I have to um, help them along the way. Uh, It's an obligation for me. Uh, We have the, um, in America, the slogan, if you will, or the the teaching has really uh, taken root. If you see something, say something. Right? Just uh, if you see something, say something. It saves lives. If you see something, say something. Don't just assume somebody else sees it. Don't just assume, um, oh, it's probably nothing, whatever. You know, if you see something, say something. Saves lives. It really does. Um, well, there was a, the story I heard a number of years ago of, of an owner of a, of a gun shop who had, there was no physical evidence. There's nothing at all. But he, um, you know, he's, been, he's owned a gun shop for 30 plus years. He's seen all kinds of people come in and out. And he's just like, you know, there's one person, there, there's something off about that. There's just this one person, there's something um, not quite right going on. He, nothing. The person, you couldn't point to sunk, but he just had this, this feeling. Talked to the police. Um, they went and checked it out, and this person was planning some pretty bad stuff. Um, if you see something, say something. Oh, I don't know. There's probably nothing. I got, I got no hard evidence. I got nothing. It saves lives to, to do it. And as difficult as it could be, as embarrassing it could be, we have a supernatural motive here. If you see something, say something in your brother or sister. Because it doesn't just save lives, it saves souls. It keeps people out of hell for all of eternity. If we have that courage to say something, when we see our brother and sister going down a wrong path, um, acting in some way that's not going to um, be good for them. Again, St. Jose Maria, to practice fraternal correction, which is so deeply rooted in the gospel, is a proof of supernatural trust and affection. It's that proof um, of supernatural trust and affection. I may just like you as a friend, and therefore I don't want to rock the boat if you've done something that offends me. But if I love you as a brother and sister in Christ, and I see that you are a son or a daughter of God the Father, supernatural, I have a supernatural affection in that way. So we have to, um, we have to do this. And that we start, um, we start in the way that allows the person um, the most ability to kind of to save face. Um, which is between you and me alone. We don't need to, we don't need to start by bringing anyone else in. Um, between you and me alone. And the way that we should do this on a very practical level is um, we should pray for the person beforehand. Um, and, you know, it is, it is okay to, um, to get advice from our Lord or to, um, to ask somebody if you should, if you should bring this up. Um, that's perfectly okay. Um, but again, all kind of keeping things quiet, 
not not making a big scene out of it all. Um, but just, you know, you, you said this and it, it, it hurt me. It, it hurt me when you said that. Um, or, or you did that. You, you, um, you know, a great example is not everybody um, is in the practice of using good language. And so there's a lot of very crass speech out there. And, and actually there's some very good examples even here in our community of um, some people that are just like, you know, I would prefer if you don't speak that way in front of me, if you don't use those words in, when you're around me. Um, to do it gently, um, lovingly, um, but clearly, right? Not kind of beating around the bush, not this is going to be a half-hour conversation or whatever. No, no, no. Just you and I for a few moments, um, minute, two minutes, just say what we have to say, um, and then, okay, move on. <laughs> Right. Once once you've done it, once you um, once you've said it, once you've made that correction there, then you move on. If, if you try to have like, let's just have a hour long conversation about this, and let's just get to the no, no, no. Hey, please stop swearing in front of me. Please stop swearing in front of my children. Um, I there was a there was a professor. Uh, it wasn't even a swear word, but he didn't like one of the words I I said at one point in his um, when I was in seminary. Um, and he just said, he said, you shouldn't say that. I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. Like, that's it. And it, for the last, um, 14 years, <laughs> I've been more attentive to that, right? In a small way, it, did, it didn't take more than five seconds. Um, but just that, that he was willing to say that instead of just, oh, whatever, that's just, it's not, a, it's not even a real swear, so it's not a big deal. No, you shouldn't say that. Okay, great. Um, and that's how, that's how this has to go. Love, with affection, with a real supernatural attitude. Um, that this is the love that we owe to one another. In the second reading for the Mass this upcoming uh, weekend, St. Paul says, Brothers and sisters, owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. We owe each other this love. Fraternal correction is a, it's an act of love. Um, it's true charity. Charity which is good for the person. Um, and so it's something we have to resolve to do. It's something that should, should mark our lives. Um, we shouldn't be... Um, we're not the police. Um, whether we have to go around policing everyone and watching everyone and um, correcting everyone for every little thing. Even the police don't do that. They know. Like... If everyone's going 75 on the highway, you don't pull someone over. You know, you keep up with the flow of traffic. What a, you know, they know. Police are very good at de-escalating. Our police here in New Britain um, have a, the Citizens Academy where they try to teach normal citizens what they themselves learn about de-escalation and all these things. The, the amount of training they have in that is um, impressive. Um, that it's not always about just arresting everyone. But police really no no let's yeah, let's just let's let's calm this down a little let's um let's ease the tensions right and so we don't need to go around correcting everyone for every little thing we don't need to go around um like looking for these things with a little notepad and um I'm gonna have my fraternal correction meetings every day and if you get if your name's on the list just show on up and I'll give you your corrections for that day no that's that's nonsense. All this has to be done with tremendous naturalness. With love, naturalness, and affection. Um, but it's something we have to do. 
as difficult, and if we, all, if we all are in this habit, in this practice, if we see this as an act of love, well, then when someone wants to come and correct us, um, then we can receive it with more humility. Because I know, if I've, if I've had to correct anyone, I know that it's very difficult to do. And so the person who's correcting me, it's probably very difficult for them. Um, and so I should, I should receive that with... Um, I should receive with humility. I should thank them. Thank you for telling me that. I didn't even realize I did that. Thank you. I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize that those, um, that what I said was offensive to you. I'm sorry. Um, okay. And then you know what? Then you move on. Um, <laughs> once once um, you've corrected someone, uh, offered them that correction once, and they've received it, and they've accepted it, they've apologized if an apology is necessary, um, then you just, okay, great. And off we go. Um, we don't need to brood on it. I don't need to see your plan for progress or anything. No, no, no. Just great. Now we can move on. Now we can um, get back to living the communio, the, the life of communion in the church. Um, and so as we, you know, have this chance to dive deeper into this beautiful practice, um, it's something we should resolve it need, we are our brother's keeper. Um, we don't get to pick our family in the church. And so we need to take great care to always foster um, love. Um, and in a real way, um, a great person to talk to about all of this is our mother, Our Lady, particularly on this first Saturday as we honor her um, and remember her immaculate heart. And we ask Our Lady to help us to, to be the good... Um, good mother who teaches us how to care. She just, you know, to think if there's someone who's, who's wronged us, you know, um, to talk to Our Lady about it. She, she's our mother, and she's the mother of the person that wronged us, our brother or sister that wronged us. And so to talk to her first and to get her opinion and to, to have her help us, like, yeah, go, go talk, you know. So many times um, mothers can be great at getting siblings to work it out among themselves. Um, and so our mother helps us as part of the church to work out these things, to care for each other, to actually be our brother's keeper. Um, so together with the great supernatural vision, we can walk under her maternal care um, and following the, the very practical guidance of our Lord um, that is one community, um, that we can really be brothers and sisters um, and all together children uh, in the family of Almighty God.